Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the video podcast room of the State Champ Sports Network Studios on the campus of Lawrence Technological University in Southfield, Michigan. My name is Lauren Plant, and it's a high school football regional championship weekend. Michigan Extra Point Live is back once again, and we have a full house tonight. In fact, Scott Bernstein will be joining us here momentarily. So we've got Scott, we've got Matt, we've got Jenna in the room tonight, and we have a lot to get to. But before we do anything, we know what you guys want, and that are the scores. So this is such a pivotal, pivotal weekend, and obviously everybody is, you know, you can check scores and find scores, and we've got them. So Jenna is locked and loaded. She is going to read all of them, and then the guys are going to talk about the games that they attended tonight. Scott and I were at the same one, and we'll react to everything that took place on the gridiron. So this show is live on the State Champs Michigan Facebook page, State Champs TV YouTube page, and on Twitter, uh, at State Champs. Eights at State Champs Net is the handle. So let us now get into the score. So Jenna. All right, well, happy to start off with this one. Hometown baby, Brighton for Division I, beat Hudsonville 35-20. to Up next was Davison. They beat Utica Eisenhower 35-7. to And then Sterling Heights-Stevenson topped Detroit Castec 9-7. to Moving on to Division II, Muskegon-Mona Shores took on Portage Northern, and they beat them 28-23. to Wild Lake Western won against Livonia Churchill 21 to 14. Detroit U of D Jesuit, excuse me, lost against Detroit Martin Luther King. They won 49 to 21. And then Port Huron lost to Birmingham Seaholm 44 to 28. Going on to Division Three, Chelsea won 28 to 27 against Allen Park on a missed extra point. Mm. And then for Division Four, Hudsonville Unity Christian beat Pawpaw. 38 to 17, and then Flint Powers Catholic won against Pontiac Notre Dame Prep, 12 to 9. And then going on to Division Five, Kalamazoo Hackett. Just a little musical background <laughs> yeah. there. Took for me, you, so. It's good. Took it's me good. Off I for like a it. I like it. Kalamazoo Hackett Catholic Prep. They lost to Lansing Catholic, 40 to 13, and then Dearborn Heights Rubbishad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Beat or excuse me, lost against Detroit Denby. 40 to 18. Going on to Division 6, Onsted beat Hillsdale 12 to 0, and this was Hillsdale's first loss. And now going to Division 7, Pawama Westphalia beat New Lathrop. This is New Lathrop's first loss, 36 to 35. And then Schoolcraft lost to Jackson Lumen Christie, 35 to 30. Going on to Division 8, Reading beat Adrian Lenaway Christian, 26 to 21. And then finally, eight-player Division Two Pickford beat Hillman 42-8. Okay, so those are your Friday night scores. We're going to talk about a preview for Saturday later in the program. Um, but uh, let's react to uh, some of what took place tonight. And uh, where were you at tonight, Mr. Mowry? I was at uh, Flint Powers Notre Dame Prep. And we, uh, it was not a barn a, burner it there, was, 12 it was not a barn burner. Yeah, it was 12-9. <laughs> Um, and you kind of knew that, that with the weather the way it was and, and Notre Dame prep kind of wanting to sling the ball around and, mo- and play up-tempo that, that uh, the weather might be a factor. And it, it really was. I mean, it ended up being uh, uh, two rushing touchdowns by, by uh, Powers that put it away. Um, they ended up uh, – Luke Philpott, the, the good the quarterback for Flint Powers, got hurt in the first half – uh, looked like it was a pretty severe ankle uh, twist. Uh, we weren't sure if he was going to come back. 
two plays after he leaves the game, though, his backup throws a pump and go for 31 yards down to the one yard line wow. to set them up. And it really, up until that point, had been kind of a game of field position that really flipped the field. And uh, uh, Powers punches it in there. Phil Potts does everything for Powers, though. So when he was out, obviously, one of the things that he does is he punts. You and, and uh, Notre Dame prep, which which got inside the inside the ten, had goal to go twice and failed to score. The second time, they they kind of pinned Powers back and forced them to punt from their own end zone. And you've got a backup punter trying to handle the punt snap, and he you know bobbled it a little bit and managed to get on it and only you know cost them a safety. But still, that was one of those points where you noticed how much they missed Phil Potts. But he was able to come in a little bit in the second half and and kind of run some, for some tough yardage. You know, he, you know he had that that ankle taped up pretty uh, pretty tight, and and it probably helped a little bit how cold it was because he'll probably feel it quite a bit more in the morning, but uh, it, it ended up uh, Notre Dame Prep finally got the ball back with 8.8 seconds left, and they were able to, you know, do the uh, throw it back and forth and pass it around a little bit, uh, trademark uh, thing, and, and it, they didn't get very far, and, and so right. Powers, Powers was able to close it out, but it was not an offensive game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and uh, in carryover from last night's NFL game, you also yeah, had a scrum yeah. at the little, end? A little bit of a scrum at the end. It was one of those where, where Powers was trying to run off as much time as they could, and Phil Potts uh, kind of hesitated on one of the kneel downs and uh, got hit pretty hard, and so as a result, uh, his teammates were not real happy about that. And the only thing you didn't want to see at that point is you didn't want to see anybody get ejected and not be able to play next week in the semifinals. As far as I know, there were no ejections, and so... I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest look for either squad, but but uh, like I said, yeah. the worst case scenario would have been somebody you know in a, in a moment of of protecting their teammate, you know, get suspended for the for the next game, which which you would hate to see. But uh, so it, it was it was but it was eerie that it looked almost identical to that same kind of situation where you know teammate coming to someone else's you know a teammate's aid and. And uh, things get a little out of hand, but uh, cooler heads prevail pretty quickly. Okay. Well, that was Scott Bernstein who just uh, <laughs> kind of clumsily came, made came his way left. into the room and then left again. I'm sure he's got a call. Well, here he comes back into the room. I'm sure the Oakland Press is uh, talking to him as he came in. His shirt was kind of half up like he was a football player or something, showing off his abs or something. I don't know. But uh, he's – good Lord. Wow. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was lo- I was locked out. I was like banging on the door for ten minutes. Oh, were you? Oh, okay. They started without me, and I was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Um, anyway, you're back, and we're just about to talk to the ga- about the game that we were at. So the yeah. uh, Wall- I, can't, I can't hear my microphone though. You can't. I oh, can't hear anything. Oh, you can't hear anything. Okay, so you got to make sure you turn his headphones on. Yep. Okay. Uh, can you hear anything now? You uh-huh. can't. Okay. All right. Well, you keep working on that Kia Tyus on the wheels of steel. She's going to try to uh, to do that until you can't hear us. But you can hear me right yeah. next to you, yeah. so that's the important thing. We can hear you on the mic. That's okay. also good. Uh, the game we were at. So, uh, obviously, freezing temperatures out there. You were comfortable in the press mm-hmm. box. I was down on the field shooting the game, freezing my tuchus. But uh, I can tell you that... Um, for the most part, uh, especially um, you know, if you if you look at kind of overall in the game, it was it was a pretty good defensive kind of matchup for the most part. Uh, certainly, a trainer uh, did what he needed to do. A couple nice. He touchdowns. was rather pedestrian yeah. the go today. He yeah. was 
Uh, I think he was 16 of 22 for 225 yards, three touchdowns. Right. I mean, that's a really good game for any normal high school quarterback. Correct. But for a guy that's, uh, you know, I think he's over 3,000 yards, right. over 30 touchdowns. Right. Um, you know, he, he routinely puts out 300, 400-yard games. So when you see him only throw for 225, you're like, But the defense really came up huge, especially um, on the last set of downs in the game. Uh, Churchill had stormed back. It was 21-7. They made it 21-14. Brendan Lowry was just a a real playmaker for Churchill. Quarterback Gavin Brooks was finding uh, Lowry early and often. Um, Lowry had the touchdown to make it uh, 14-7 and then to make it 21-14 on a reverse and with about two minutes to go, Churchill got the ball on a onside kick uh, that they recovered. Good Lord. Um, and uh, had the ball set up at midfield with two minutes left. Yeah. Half a field in front of them. All they needed to do w- was... Wow. Oh. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> There's his headphones. <laughs> uh, you good? Can you turn it down a little bit yeah. now? <laughs> oh, yeah. You got him cranked there. Uh, and um, Are you good now? Yeah, I'm good. All right. So Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. We work it out. It's a live show. So oh, uh, Churchill got the ball uh, midfield, had to score a touchdown to tie, and the defensive line for Western went into yeah, lockdown mode. From the first, Couple of sacks. first down, Justin Collier, their beefy run stuffer, broke into the uh, pocket yeah. and one-handed Gavin Brooks and manhandled him into the turf. Yeah, he did. And really set the tone uh, for the next three downs. And then on fourth down, uh, his running mate there on the defensive line, Bryce Mosley, who's another Big boy that oh, yeah. uh, is a is, is a typhoon of uh, a, a typhoon of terror in the yeah. trenches, um, along with um, these, <laughs> along with titles. Collier, uh, and he had, he he tracked down Brooks, uh, who who busted out of the pocket on fourth down, was looking for a little uh, breathing room, and, and Mosey said, "No, we're ending the game right now." He sacked yeah. him. That was it. Western yeah. went on to win the game, but it was nice to see a team that's known for their offense and for having such an explosive offense. The defense really uh, answered the bell uh, in the final, uh, uh, you know, minute or two of that game. For Church Churchill, I want to give them credit. Uh, this is a team that lost, I think, in triple overtime to Franklin. They were one. Uh, they were one in four. They were one in four. Right, and had to win the rest of their games to get into the playoffs at five and four. Uh, had, had not lost since September 27th, and, uh, and Western hasn't lost since a three-point loss to Orchard Lake on the 20th and, of September. And Trainer didn't play in the second half of that game. Right. I was the only person in my rankings the whole year that was, after that game at least, I was still ranking Western above Orchard Lake St. Mary's because... It was a, I think it was a 48-45 game, and the whole second half they played with their backup quarterback, Johnny Angel, Johnny Abley. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my point is they could easily be 12-0 right now. No, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Churchill uh, almost got really robbed because uh, before that fourth down touchdown on the reverse, they had thrown a pass to the back of the end zone that was clearly in, and they said he was yeah. out. And I'm like, wow, if that's the way the game ends, that's going to be rough. Um, and uh, but they were able to get it in, so you know they 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 came back. It was funny too because we had two touchdowns that were basically up for grabs. Mm-hmm. On the one side, you had uh, Churchill scoring, and it looked like both guys had caught it. Def- defender and, and Abdur, uh, Yassine on the other yeah, side. Yeah, Yassine, on the, and then Yassine's touchdown on the other side. Uh, he was, was quiet. the same thing. He was quiet tonight yeah, too. He, he had, was. One, he had the uh, the touchdown that made it twenty-one-seven, a thirty-two yard grab from Trainer on yeah. that kind of jump ball. But uh, you know, out of those. 
15 or 16 possessions. I think Yasin only had two or three catches. Right, but that's playoff football. And Churchill, Churchill came out with a great game yeah, plan. Yeah, they did. Western, other than that loss to Orchard Lake St. Mary's, their average margin of victory is right. like 25, 26 yeah. points. Um, Churchill was there knocking on the door the whole way. One of the nice things that uh, – oh, and we're going to talk to uh, Wall Lake Western head coach Alex Greeno coming up here in our next segment. Uh, but I will give credit to Churchill it's talking with some of the coaches at halftime, and they're like, you know, we start – I think they start 10 sophomores on this team. So he's like, you know, we really look at this as a building block for us no matter what happens the rest of the way. They were down 14 nothing at half. Uh, but but it was you know it was seven nothing and Western scored with about twenty yeah, seconds left to I make know. it fourteen yeah, nothing. So yeah. you know Churchill, like yeah. I said, that first half, whatever they were rolling out was yeah. giving Western problems. No, no question about trainer, it. Had tra- him backed tra- up. Trainer only had two completions for the first like yeah. twelve minutes or, yeah. or like fourteen minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, and at the end of the game, after they had had scored, had uh, uh, successfully did the onside kick, which was uh, a perfect you know, bounce. It really was put them right in position. So I uh, want to give Churchill credit for getting as far as they did. Uh, you know, for Wald Lake Western, now they're going to take on Muskegon Mona Shores. They were picked uh, fourth in their league. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I get it. That but you got to look at the teams that were ahead. Of I know yeah, Lakeland, Southline, and Wald Lake Northern. Oh no, 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 I thought you meant Franklin or uh, Churchill. Okay. No, no, I'm saying yeah, no, Wald no. Lake Western yeah, is a team that has a yeah. very good chance at at least getting to Ford Field, if not winning a state championship, and they were not thought of very highly by their only... Can I mention one quick interesting uh, aside from that game? So Gavin Brooks, the quarterback for Lovonia Churchill, his dad... I believe it's Mike Brooks or John Brooks. I apologize, Mr. Brooks. But he is a junior high school teacher in Walled Lake. So a okay. lot of those football players that were coming after Gavin Brooks and planting them into the ground had come up, you know, being taught by his dad. That's, that is good. Yeah. That's always a cool story. All right. Um, we, before we get into, you know, what we else have tonight, let's quickly get some more reaction to some of the games that took place tonight. And, uh, you know, there's a couple really that I want to, you know, touch on really quick. And uh, the first one is Sterling Heights-Stevenson. Wow. Nine seven winners over Cass Tech. Uh, Cass had been just filling the scoreboard with points over the last uh, few score. weeks. Huh? Didn't expect that score. No, I did not at all. I didn't expect Sterling Heights-Stevenson to... I really expected like to lose by two scores, um, but I've got to give this team a lot of credit. What they've done, again, had to beat Warren Mott in the last game of the regular season with the field goal in the last minute to get into the playoffs. Then they play Mott again, which is always a tough thing to do, and they beat them convincingly in this in this case. Then they go and beat Macomb, Dakota, who just beat Chippewa Valley, the defending state champ, and they did that in convincing fashion. And here, find a way in the regionals. Granted, it was at home, which helps. Uh, to beat Cast Tech, a very talented Cast Tech team who had been rolling nine to seven. Well, and I think that Cast Tech team, I and mean, when you, you look back at the summer and when we looked at how much talent they had, yes, they graduated a ton from last year, and we knew there was going to be somewhat of a drop off, but we knew that they were still a talented team. And so I think we had a lot of expectations for them, and then they obviously struggled for most of the season, and a lot of those expectations went away. I think they came back, though, with how much. Cass had been rolling in the last four or five weeks because I think if when we sat here last week, we thought legitimately if Cass were to roll all the way to the finals, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Having said that, there was a time when no one was surprised when Stevenson was running this deep in the playoffs. This is a surprise, and it all, like you said, all kudos to them. No one expected this from them. You know, get, they play in a very, very tough league, but I don't know that they were considered one of the contenders in that league this year. And yeah. 
the last man standing, I believe. Yeah. Well, since we have him on the line, we should just go ahead and bring Coach uh, Alex Greeno on the line right now, bring him up on the show uh, here on Michigan Extra Point. Uh, Wald Lake Western, 21-14 winners over Churchill tonight. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Okay, I know you're doing well. Now, I want to say this right off the bat, and I'm going to put the whole thing on, on social media because it's pretty amazing. Coach, I, I love a good pregame speech. But I will tell you, the one that you delivered tonight uh, not only resonated <laughs> with the players, it resonated with me, man. I wanted to put the pads on and jump out there. It was a Appreciate great, it. I mean, it was a great speed. Obviously, it was, it was very heartfelt. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you get a chance to, you know, find yourself now, you're in your second season uh, with the Warriors and you're in a position you were tonight, you know, I could really tell that, you know, you know, you talked about all the work that you'd done to get there, and it really seemed like uh, you've got a, a pretty special group. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's easy when, when you don't have to make things up, right? And and all all we did was talked about what that group had done. Yeah. Um, when when I got the job last year, we had we had incredible talent, but you know, they, they didn't have a head coach for many months. I think it was something from January, and I didn't get the job till June twentieth. Right. I remember that it was the day after my son's birthday, um, and I met the guys at a seven on seven against Farmington Hills Harrison. So right. it was kind of just jump in and run with it, and 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 do the best we could. But you know, those kids that stuck it out last year. It, we, we made an impact, not as big an impact as I, I would have liked, given more time. Um, but, you know, we lost Sam, John, Sam Johnson and, and yeah. Spencer and, and, you know, multiple D1 athletes. And, and you know, our, our kids felt a little disrespected going into this year and felt kind of written off. And, uh, you know, it comes down to a great group of people. Um, you know, we, the, the accountability, we, we helped people to a little higher standard and, and the ones that weren't going to buy in kind of weeded themselves out, you know, and, and the kids that are left over, like I said, before the game are, are there for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're there for a reason and we, we just needed to, we just needed to, to do a, what, what we've been doing all year and, and that's try to be the best version of us we can be. And, uh, you know, continue to improve day in and day out. And, and I tell you what, when, when you got good kids, smart kids, um, I think I nominated something like nine, ten academic all-state kids this, this year. Uh, makes it a heck of a lot easier. You know, we got coach, coaches on the field on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, kids that will call you asking you questions on film. And, and a lot of times I got to tell them I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm not, I don't know yet. I don't know what the game plan is yet. We're still breaking down film. But. You know, they ask questions. We, we come out with scouting reports and, and breakdowns and, and all that data, and they eat it up. And, uh, you know, it makes coaching a lot easier, and, and it's been a very enjoyable year with those guys. Co- Coach, this is Scott Bernstein. Um, I just We were just face-to-face about a half hour ago. <laughs> I know. Um, and, uh, again, just a great job with uh, this group. But it, it seems to me that, you know, uh, Wild Lake Western, or at least over the last decade or decade plus, you know, you always had the athletes, you've had the D- the Division One recruits and everything. But for this team and the success that it's having, it yes, again, you have you have the some blue chippers on the uh, on your squad, but it, it, you're spreading the ball around so much. There's so much balance. Kids that probably won't play college football are scoring touchdowns, are contributing on both sides of the ball. It seems like there's no egos. Um, people aren't worried about uh, you know recruiting star status or or what visits they're taking that weekend. Everyone just seems so dialed in 
Um, you know, what, what's been that? Fa- what's what's the X factor here? Why is everything clicking? Just you guys are just have been kind of in cruise cruise control mode uh, since that Orchard Lake St. Mary's game, and even kind of before that. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, one, it comes down to our kids like each other, and and from from Abdur and CJ on down, they all respect each other, and you know. When, when CJ and Abdur saw the, the work the kids were putting in, you know, everybody bought in. We, we started with a, a big we, little me idea. We had printed T-shirts right away to start the offseason last year. Um, you know, we did some morning, just straight speed and agility, conditioning type things to kind of get them out of their comfort zone. And, and the more you make them uncomfortable as a group, the more they grow together. You know, and then we later in the summer had these Marines come out um, it's called the Crucible program, and, and for three days, our kids got their butt kicked for many hours in a row, um, and, and it's kind of like, let coach be the bad guy, and, and in that distaste for me at the moment, they came closer together, you know what I mean? Um, and and with the, like, like I said, they took it for, for personal that they were counted out, especially after that preseason meeting you know we got picked fourth in the conference second in the city our kids were pretty disgusted by that and it it got awfully easy to motivate them after that um you know i think we've been good on both sides of the ball i think our defense it still doesn't get the respect they deserve um but it's the kids i think we have a great coaching staff we brought in justin ziak uh darian harris the ex-spartan and cincinnati bengal to help um you know, and we mixed those with the guys that had been there. I didn't try to make a ton of changes when I came in. I wanted the kids to still feel comfortable and confident, and and they've bought into the coaching and they bought into each other. I mean, it's just it's a it's a good group of kids that that believe in what we do. They trust us. We trust them, and and you know, it's been a lot of fun for them. We're talking with Wally Western head coach Alex Greeno, Alex. How about tonight's game? Because Livonia Church, we were talking uh, before we brought you on, you know, they had a good game plan on how to defend you guys, and you're still able to, you know, kind of take that gut check, find a way to win. Talk about tonight's matchup and, uh, you know, what your take was on it. Well, you know, I'm one of the few maybe that am happy the strength of schedule thing starting next year because these teams like Churchill and a couple other of these teams that got in with – three or four losses i mean they played belleville fortune franklin um and i think brighton right. you know yeah and those are those are all great teams yes so, so you know they we knew they were battle tested we knew they were they were going to be very good they were tough they weren't going to be intimidated at all um their defensive game plan i thought was phenomenal they did a lot of disguises and, and fake blitzing and, and rolling coverages and things that you know gave, gave us some problems at, at points but you know, Zach didn't have the game he, he would usually have, but I tell you what, he, he made some great plays in clutch situations and, and was able to recognize what was going on, stood stood tall in, in some pressure situations with, with blitzers or, or edge rushers coming at him, took some shots and, and threw some great touchdown passes for us. Oh, that's um, yeah, that second touchdown, that could not have been any prettier. I mean, that there no, was that, no. that, it was indefensible. Well, and the third touchdown, he had to stand in the pocket and take a punishing when he left that ball up uh, and you and you see him yeah. grab oh, yeah. it he took, but i mean he, he had to stay in there an extra second yeah. to get that ball out where he needed it to be for that to be a yep. touchdown yep and you know i think we we just missed abdur on the first play of the game would have yeah. put us in the five it That's almost right. came out of his hands yep. um just missed him in the end zone again later mm-hmm. but 
like like you're talking about the kids that nobody knows about. Sam Ahern's a six five athlete that starts on both sides of the ball, plays every down, has some like six interceptions and eleven touchdowns for us. Cam I don't Kanai. think anybody ever heard of him. Yeah, Cam Kanai, another kid. Especially when Justin Gabriel went down earlier in the year, who was one of our better players, Cam Kanai stepped up and he's that slot you know, kind of our Julian Edelman, so to speak, where he's just going to get open. He's going to be old, yeah. old, reliable. He's yeah. throwing the ball. He's going to catch was the it. Sec- that's the second touchdown that yeah, Warren's yes, referencing. Exactly. Just put it yep. like yep. right, made a diving, right diving over his shoulder. Catch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we got kids that are – Brandon Camfield, our senior linebacker captain, um, broke the school tackle record this year. I don't know if anybody ever heard of him before this season started. You know, we, we got yeah. several kids that stepped up and – what about that you know, sack tonight to open that final uh, set of downs? Collier one-handed Brooks. I mean, yep, literally, with yep. one hand, took him to the ground. Right, right. You know, Collier's a, uh, he's, he's a man-child, I think is the best way to describe him. Yeah. You know, there's a few of him throughout the state, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the kids we have, and, and I'm super grateful that they came together and bought into what we were selling. Um, yeah. And they play hard for each other, you know, yeah. and that was kind of my message before the game. Hey, you know, there's a lot of kids that aren't with us anymore for, for whatever reason. Every decision you guys have made up to this point put you right here and, and give you this opportunity to play at home for a trip to the semifinals. And uh, they, they answered the bell, especially when Churchill got their momentum going. We knew they loved posts and deep passes and Brooks could make things happen. Um, you know, and they, they scored that deep touchdown. That was a quick strike. Yeah. And then they get the onside kick. You know, uh, it, it takes a good team to, to, to kind of – saddle up and uh, make a stop there. And, That's right. You know, one of our playmakers, Collier, on the D-line made a play when we needed it and, and put them in a long second and third and long situations. That That's definitely more easy to defend than, uh, you know, second and medium, third and medium. No doubt about it, Coach. We're going to let you go. I want one last question. So Muskegon Mona Shores is next. What do you know about them? I know they're tough. Um, you know, I know they got a great quarterback. They're an option football team. You know, I remember when I was first starting coaching, I was going to clinics and listening to their head coach speak at some of these clinics. So, you know, I got a great respect for them. Obviously, they have a great tradition. They're at the state championship game last year. Um, But, you know, we're going to do what we've done all year. We don't really care who we're playing or how good or bad they're supposed to be. We're going to try to get better every day this week and, and be the best version we can be coming into Saturday. Beautiful. Coach, thank you very much. Congratulations. Uh, of course, good luck Good luck next week and good luck with uh, your practice this week as thank well. Thank you very much. Great All job, right. Great we'll job AG. You know, it's, it's yep. always difficult being the guy right after the guy, and he's done such a great job of embracing that and building off of that tradition that Coach Z and before him Coach APAP had, had built at Western. Well, especially because those, those expectations that where, where those comparisons are the strongest are the first year. Yeah. And as he said, he got that job so late. And there were some growing pains yeah, with that team. Were, yeah, and last year was probably not as smooth a transition as he would have liked. And you can see now that that system is in place and it's, and it's his program, not Hitting just, on all cylinders. He's right. not just the caretaker anymore, yeah. All right, so uh, very quickly, we're going to take our first time out in just a bit. I want to let you know, coming up, we're going to talk about 
Saturday's regional championships tomorrow, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we think about that. Uh, we are also going to uh, talk storylines, which in this case is who's remaining in the Anvil and Mr. Football races. Uh, we'll have our comments of the week, and we'll look ahead uh, to next week's uh, semifinal matchups. We know a few of them, so we'll talk about that. Uh, then and uh, so that's what we got going on now I do want to make sure uh, that we thank our sponsors because without it we would not be doing a show so uh, first off Lawrence Technological University you can recruit yourself for one of 24 sports offered here at LTU go to ltuathletics.com Blue Devils play their final football game of the season tomorrow at Taylor University in Indiana uh, Hungry Howie's is also a proud partner of State Champs, uh, famous for flavor. Go get a pie tonight, just like we will, I hope, at the end of the show. Uh, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, we have a banner link at statechampsnetwork.com that will take you directly to the MHSAA score page. Uh, as a subscriber to MHSAA.tv, you can check out so many streaming live playoff football games, so make sure you go and do that. Also, applications are being accepted now for the DAC Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. So the requirements are quickly that you're a first-team All-Stater or projected to be one this school year in a future sport, uh, at least a 3.0 GPA, and you demonstrate some school leadership or have done some volunteerism. So go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. Last year's winners were uh, Rekia Jackson and uh, Kendall Taylor from uh, Madisonite Bishop Foley. Rekia Jackson now at... Where is she? Mississippi, Mississippi State. 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 That's yep. right. Uh, and uh, yeah, in fact, I saw some pictures. She had taken her pictures for and her uh, teammate Gabby Elliott just signed with Clemson. That's yes. quite a yes. program we got over there mm -hmm. at uh, Eastern Market Prep. No doubt about it. Kendall Taylor at the Naval Academy. So very impressive. All right, uh, the recruit report is next. But first, this week's be the referee. Welcome to Be the Referee with veteran MHSAA official Sam Davis. Safety in football continues to be a hot topic. We have previously talked here about rules that improve player safety. Today we're going to focus on the adults, specifically coaches and officials that work at the sideline area just in front of the team box. The rule requires that from the time just before the snap until the end of play, all coaches and team personnel must be completely out of the six-foot safety zone located in front of the team box at each sideline. This then gives the official plenty of room to work unimpeded in either direction. Now as soon as the play ends, coaches can move into the area to instruct their players or to send in the next play and then move back prior to the next snap. Thanks Sam. You can be a referee. Go online now to MHSAA.com to register. Be the Referee is a production of the MHSAA Network. I admit it. I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. You do know you want a contest to spend the whole day with me, right? Mm-hmm. And you just want to sit here and eat this delicious pizza? We could do other things. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was the best day ever! 
Treat yourself to the world's first stuffed flavored crust pizza. And now for just $6.99, try our new stuffed Howie bread filled with fresh mozzarella and cheddar cheese. Hungry? Howie! This is Alan True from 24-7 Sports with this week's State Champs Recruit Report brought to you by My Student Aid. Wald Lake Western senior Abdur Rahman Yassin is having an outstanding season and a big reason why his team is making another deep playoff run. Yassin has been committed to Northwestern since the summer, but that didn't stop Michigan State from recently coming in and offering him a scholarship. The Spartans had him in camp going into his junior season, but picked up the offer after wide receivers coach Don Treadwell came to a recent Western practice. Yassin remains committed to Northwestern and just visited them again. It says he'll sort through recruiting a little bit more after his season is finished. One of the fastest seniors on the west side of the state has made his college decision as Forest Hills Eastern's Luke Brenner has committed to the University of Dayton. Brenner is a 5'10", 160-pound wide receiver and cornerback who had outstanding results on the track last spring, including finishing top in the state in the 200-meter dash. Brenner is the first player from the state of Michigan to commit to the Flyers in this class. For this week's State Champs Recruit Report, I'm Alan True. The Recruit Report is brought to you by My Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Go to michigan.gov slash aid for more information. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Michigan Extra Point Live. So uh, we appreciate uh, Wald Lake Western coach Alex Greeno for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, I'm here with Matt Mowry, Scott Bernstein, and Jenna Skelski, and uh, we're talking about uh, tonight's regional championship games here on um, Extra Point. And uh, real quickly, before we have Jenna read all the Saturday matchups and we talk about what we think about those games, uh, you want to mention a little bit about Seahome. Yeah, I mean, the the two big sleepers right now that are left going into the Final Four, at least as of Friday, are, are Sterling Heights-Stevenson and Birmingham Seaholm. Um, you know, at least Stevenson has a blue chipper on their team. I mean, a guy that's going to Michigan. Right, and Anvil Ward. Yep, yeah. Anvil Kennedy. This is just like such a, such an amazing coaching job by Coach Jimmy DeWall these last couple years. Um, you know, he came to Seaholm over from uh, previous stints at Pontiac Northern and Andover. It's okay. Pontiac Northern and Andover. Uh, And he he actually started really fast out of the gate with Seahome. I think he won a couple league championships. And then they dipped for about three, four three, four years, and, and last year he said, you know what, we're just we're going to simplify things. We're going to take our playbook that's got 25 plays, and we're going to go down to four plays, five plays. Yeah. And then last year they had a good year. They made it to the, uh, they won the OA Blue title, uh, made it to the playoffs, and then this year they are uh, having a, a you know, historic run through the playoffs for, for Maple football. This is only their second time in the history of the school that made it to the Final Four, and they're rolling teams with this triple option, and they only have 23 kids on the varsity roster. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Very and, impressive. And Chaz Strecker uh, has been the, the star tailback. He's you know over fifteen hundred yards. Um, has looked outstanding in the playoffs. Uh, Caleb Knorr uh, is running that offense, the triple option at quarterback as a junior looks great. And then the Dewald brothers, Jimmy Dewald's sons, are really the heart and soul of that of that defense. Um, just you know, hats off to that group. They've just done an outstanding job. And no matter what happens going forward against King, this has been a very, very special, memorable season that they'll be talking about 
uh, amongst the Seahome football faithful for years to come. Absolutely. They definitely will have their hands full next week, but we will see uh, how the Maples do moving forward. Okay, Jenna, uh, we're talking about the Saturday matchups. Why don't you just read them from Division One through A-Player Division Two, and then we'll talk about a few. All right, so for Division One, West Bloomfield will be at Belleville. Division Three, East Grand Rapids will be taking on Muskegon. DeWitt is going up against Edwardsburg, and River Rouge will be at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Division Four, Cadillac will be at Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Milan will be taking... Milan. Milan, dang it. Ah. I, We're not in Italy. Italy. Uh, yeah, it's all <laughs> Italian thing. Yeah. Milan will be yes. at Detroit Country Day. <laughs> Division 5, Freeland will be going up against Kingsley. And Saginaw, Swan Valley will be at Almond. Almond. Al. 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 Man, I got to work on that. That's Division right. 6, Maples, <laughs> Maple City, Glen Lake will be at... Calumet. 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 Yeah, you got it, you got it, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Sanford... Sanford Meridian will be at Montague. Montrose will be taking on Monroe St. Mary Catholic Central. Going on to Division 7, Traverse City St. Francis will be at Iron Mountain. Detroit Loyola will be going up against Cass City. Going on to Division 8, Ishpemig will be taking on Beale City. Saginaw Newville will be at Ubley. Fowler will be taking on Royal Oak Shrine Catholic. And then for the 8-player Division 1, Kingston will be at Sutton's Bay. Morris will be at Colon, and then finally, eight-player Division Two, Climax Scotts will be going up against Portland St. Patrick. And we have to say right off the bat, obviously, the big one, the Clash of the Titans, West Bloomfield at Belleville. I'm going to get there, there at like 9 o'clock. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah exactly. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, I will be there, uh, and so will so is, is many this bigger? Is this bigger than Michigan, Michigan State tomorrow? I think so. I'll tell you one thing we know for sure. On the field tomorrow will be over two dozen kids with Division One scholarships, and I can you can bet your bottom dollar that at least a couple of these guys will be playing in the NFL, you know, five years from yeah, now. Yeah, so he's what he's saying is at least twenty four players between the two teams will be playing Division One college football. Right, that is. I think, insane. Tw- I think there's twenty six kids yeah. with Division One offers on. Yeah, on the with field. more to come, yeah. obviously, and those who are who are who are young. I mean, you got um, you got the best. Offensive lineman, maybe in the entire Midwest in the junior class, and Damon Payne for Belleville. You got the best running back, possibly in the whole country, in junior Donovan Edwards. You got a lot of talent. Yeah, for and West Bloomfield. Absolutely, and Cornell Wheeler is no joke. And uh, I and uh, I'm at linebacker Makari Page is no joke. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we I, could go on for hours. And I'm, he- yeah. I'm hearing that um, in terms of the quarterback battle, you got uh, the notorious CDR Christian Du Reed for, for Belleville, who just all he does is win and put up ridiculous stats, despite the fact that he doesn't really look like what you would think a quarterback would look like. But who cares? Right. Um, and Chris or CJ Harris was injured uh, right. that, last week, and I'm that's hear- the X factor. I'm hearing that he's, that he's playing, that. that he's been cleared, that he'll okay. play. And who knows if they're just using me as a conduit to yeah. get that out there to, to to muddy the waters and make Belleville think he's playing when he's not playing. But I've been told that he'll be under center and he'll be playing. Okay, uh, good. Because I love Donovan Edwards, but if he has to play quarterback for that yeah. game, I fear for him. Yeah. Because he, cause he was in the Wildcat for I know. all but, I think, three plays yeah. uh, in the district final. I mean, the one thing that the Tigers do is put up points, and they put them up in bunches. So uh, I would be really, really shocked if this was not a, you know, 38-35 kind of game. Uh, the secondary is going to be tested for West Bloomfield, for Makari Page at yes. safety, uh, Byron oh, McCormick. No question. Um, because uh, Du Reed's got some weapons to play with, Deion Burks, yeah. Williams. Um, yeah, Bur- I know, Burks especially can yeah. just climb the ladder. 
and make some incredible plays. So, uh, and you know, uh, and Belleville is is equally as talented when it comes to linemen and and guys that can pressure. And then, then we got some sophomore blue chippers. Yeah. When we're talking about Belleville, you're talking about Miles Rosser. When you're talking about West Bloomfield, you got Dylan Tatum and, and Michael Williams. These are three kids that already have, you know, Power Five offers, and they're they can't even drive yet. So, what's your take on who's going to win this one? Well, I think when we talked about it last week, and it's it's going to come down to whichever whichever defense can can figure out a way to impose its will on the game and slow it down. Because if you can keep it from becoming a thirty eight thirty five game, I think that benefits West Bloomfield. Yes, I do too. I think the West Bloomfield defense is the difference. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna you know put my chips in with Cornell Wheeler yeah. um, just because he is he is a machine out there, a sideline to sideline yeah. as the as the quarterback of that linebacking. Uh, uh, group with the West Moonfield Lakers and Makari Page, another blue chipper at safety. So yeah. uh, I'm going to put my lot in uh, w- with West Moonfield, but you know this yeah. is really a toss up. Tim Beckler took Belleville, so uh, yeah. So there is a Tiger uh, Tiger fan in the in the bunch. I just I just like the fact that I think when you get this time of year, the experience factor and the battle tested factor really plays for whoever has the experience and has has been battle tested. West Moonfield, although they haven't won a state championship, they got to the state finals a couple of years ago and Belleville's still kind of climbing that ladder. So. Yeah, Belleville's the first time they'd gotten out past yeah. the district finals yeah. I think was last year, so this is all new to them, but they're they're learning very fast on the fly. Yeah, But Wheeler and Page were major contributors on that 17 team that Probably should have won a state championship and lost in that really strange upset three three to two to right. Clarkson. Right, uh, River Rouge and Orchard Lake Saint Mary should be an should interesting be matchup. And Milan and Country Day should be good. Yeah, too. Rouge has played some some really good competition here, especially at the end of the season. Um, you know, me personally, I've not seen Orchard Lake live, and so I know you have several times. Uh, I'm sure you have. Did Saint Mary have not? Okay. Did Saint Mary's and Rouge play in the regular season? No. Nope. Rouge played Catholic Central in the race. Catholic Central. Yes, okay. yes, they beat Detroit Catholic opponent. Central, and they lost to Grand Rapids Catholic yes. Central, so they yep. played both. Uh, but, yeah, that's their only loss, and that was week one, which is one of the games that I was at, besides the Southfield game that I was at. And, again, I uh, was really impressed with the way they performed with a Southfield team that had to win to get in the playoffs. And you talk about talent on a team. My goodness. Uh, so um, Where's Oak Park right now? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see how that one works out. Uh, but, again, lot, lots of good games uh, going on. We'll have coverage of a lot of them on the State Champs Network. Uh, so make sure you check it out and uh, kind of refresh your YouTube page or wherever it is that you consume our content. Uh, and uh, we'll have tons of highlights from tonight and tomorrow uh, that will be coming up. Okay, so uh, one of the things that uh, we're going to do is take our second time out. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Football and the Anvil Award, and uh, we'll go ahead and look ahead to some of the state semifinals matchups. We'll get our comments of the week as well. Uh, But first, there's this from the MHSAA. All right, did you hear the news? Studies of high school football players who played 50 to 60 years ago did not, and I repeat not, show an increased risk of neurological disorders compared to their non-playing classmates. And the game now is a lot safer than it was then. High school sports, including football, have never been safer, and sports participation is a good part of a young person's overall education. It was for me. Learn more at the health and safety page of the MHSAA website. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. I chose Lawrence Tech for the architecture program and volleyball team. 
Architecture is a great fit for me because I love math and design. Now I combine them with technology to create beautiful structures. At Lawrence Tech, I didn't have to wait until my third year to start designing. Our hands-on education begins right from day one. And I'm really excited about LTU's Design Center in Detroit. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. The greatest honor a high school senior student athlete can earn? Detroit Athletic Club's Athlete of the Year. You're one of the tops in your sport. Prioritize education and giving back, like Cassius Winston, Megan Bobian, Rakia Jackson, and Aiden Hutchinson did. Six male, six female nominees earn $1,000 in scholarship money, with $5,000 each to be awarded at a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit. Nominations accepted now. Download the application, DACAthleteoftheyear.com. Dot com. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, we are finishing up uh, the show. We're in our final segment. Sorry. I get excited. Um, and we want to talk about the Anvil Award and the uh, Mr. Football Award, both sponsored by Hungry Howie's. We love Hungry Howie's. Hopefully, we'll have a pie roll in here uh, before we close the show. Uh, but if not, it's all good. You can go get one. Uh, you should do that now. Uh, but coming into uh, this week, we had, we'll talk about the Anvil Award first. This is the award that we hand out for the top lineman or linebacker in the state. Uh, it's our second year doing this. Uh, and, um, you know, we have an unbelievable, talented field. Uh, who we had left in the race was Damon Payne from Belleville. Cornell Wheeler from West Bloomfield, Keegan Smith from Jackson Lumen Christie, Giovanni Elhadi from Sterling Heights Stevenson, and Josh Preby from Edwardsburg. And they all won tonight, yeah. oh, except for Belleville, which we'll find out tomorrow if they win, uh, or Wheeler. So those, one of those is going to be gone after uh, tomorrow. Um, but uh, we still have a good, you know, a, a strong group. And just so you know, Rocco Spindler is the uh, voting lead. I believe it's insurmountable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the voting does end on Tuesday uh, at noon. And so if uh, you believe you can push someone over the top, go ahead. But uh, I think Rocco Spindler, which means he will automatically be in our Final Four, which we will announce next week. Uh, and he will also have a 20% advantage to win the whole thing. He's a very talented player, but Clarkson didn't get in the playoffs, so that's going to be a tough road to hold. sounds weird to just even hear. I know. It does. Uh, but uh, those are the guys that we have remaining. And, again, all of those guys, uh, well, at least three of them winning tonight and two facing off tomorrow, um, it's a talented group, and, and it's going to be hard to get to nail it down as to who's going to be uh, the other three that we choose. Well, just to, to back up what we were talking about earlier, the Belleville-West Bloomfield game has two Mr. Football yes. candidates and two Anvil candidates, yes. and one, each, you know, one on each team. I know. So that's going to be a lot. Yes. It's going to do a lot to determine who wins the championship. It's also going to do probably a lot to determine who wins these two awards. No question about it. Uh, on the Mr. Football side of things, we still have several guys that uh, were available heading into tonight. Uh, Cam Martinez from Muskegon. He'll face Cedar Springs tomorrow. He's the leader in the clubhouse. Yes, he is. I mean, the uh, front yeah. runner from, from day one, and no he's doubt. lived up to the hype. And yep. he uh, is like, you know, it's, it's like a joystick. You know, he puts up video game numbers. That's he's right. playing like he needs to stay alive in this competition, <laughs> and he's well, he's lapping the field. He might have thought there. he had it all wrapped up right. last year. And Ryan. Lost. Ryan Day and the, the Buckeye coaching staff are just licking their chops once they get him on campus oh, and let him loose. For sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, of course, he fits uh, so well into that what they do I in know, the passing game. I know it's a, it's a really good 
pick. I mean, he's not going to be a quarterback in, like, no, in exactly, college. No, exactly, exactly. He'll be in that slot and he, yeah. cause – I think he could be like a K.J. Hamler, right. like, what he's doing at a- uh, Penn State Absolutely. Right he'll return kicks. He'll do everything for them. Uh, yeah, they are, um, again, blessed. Ohio State, yay. <laughs> uh, Donovan Edwards from West Bloomfield, we talked about him already. He had four TDs uh, last, last week You know, because Harris got hurt in the second quarter. And you know, another thing I was talking to uh, Coach Bellamy about him, you know, obviously he passes the eye test with flying colors. I've seen this kid, you know, three times this year. I saw him take his first carry of the game and go 65 yards right through the defense like a hot knife through butter. But his numbers, they don't blow you away. Right. I mean, he's like, I think he's at like 1,400 yards rushing or, you know, so it's Right. Not, but a lot of times. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's not playing in the second then, half of games. And then so. you watch it and you watch the game just from the eye test. Say, who's yeah. the best athlete yeah. on the field? Right. Oh, it's him. No, but when I was asking yeah. Ronnie for the numbers last week and he, I was expecting to see like close to two, th- and he's yeah. like, hey, just, we just spread it around and we, yeah. we, he hasn't played a lot of second halves yeah. and. Yep, no, that's right. Do read. We talked about, uh, of course, they're facing West Bloomfield. How about Brendan Sullivan? Only, and only had Davison. to throw five passes tonight because they were relying on the ground game, but he had five passes, one of them for a touchdown. 30 touchdowns on the season now, and I believe he came in with 2,500 yards, almost 2,600 that, yards. I said it last week that De La Salle loss was the best thing that happened to them. Coming down yeah, here and, absolutely. Their, coming okay, down yeah, here and getting their good. butts kicked. Coach Weingars yeah. and, and uh, yeah, Sullivan you know, recalibrated, and they've been smoking the competition ever since. Uh, the longer he goes, the more attention he's going to get. I mean, this is a kid who played wideout last year and had zero offers and I believe one for basketball just because yeah. nobody had seen him play quarterback, and now he's one of the hottest commodities. Yeah, it really is amazing. Zach Trainer and Abdur Rahman Yassin, both from Wall Lake Western, we saw tonight, uh, and they won. And it was funny, I got an email uh, through our contact page from C.J. Brown's dad. I found out that, uh, of course, he's like, how come he's not a Mr. Football candidate? So, But, you know, the, the way he played tonight, yeah. I will say, uh, he looked great. I, I've been... You know, I've been telling people since summer that C.J. Brown is, and I think I put this in a in a blog. In terms of value at the next level, uh, there are very few players, prospects in the state of Michigan that are going to give you what what, uh, what C.J. Brown is going to give you at Northern Illinois because this kid's a Big Ten talent that's going to play in the MAC conference, and I think he's a Division One uh, Power Five guy. I think he's on either side of the ball. He's yeah. going there as a uh, as a safety. He's a tailback. He can. He's one of the best. Um, guys in the backfield in the whole state catching the ball yeah. um, in the flat. He's um, built too. I mean, the kid's yeah. already got a. a so he was bro- his brother Spencer was a, you know, a four or five star uh, prospect that that's at Michigan State right now. But CJ just for whatever reason has kind of gotten lost in the shadows of, of that program. But northern 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 Illinois is getting a steal, um, and I don't I don't want the Brown family to think we've been ignoring CJ over no, here at State no, Champs because no. we have not, and yes. we are no, well yes. aware yes. of the multitude of yes. uh, of, ta- uh, of 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 talent that he has uh, in, a, in a variety of different uh, spots on the field. Yeah. Um, let me just throw out real quick stats for both of those guys, um, and this was before tonight, and I believe, so, Abdur, I, I got a, uh, Abdur, uh, Abdur Rahman Yassin, I got, uh, tonight he was over 100 yards, even though he only had like four receptions, so right now for the season, he's at 1,550 yards and 18 touchdowns, 75 receptions. Um, trainer right now is at 2,700 yards, 36 touchdowns against only three picks, uh, he missed 
almost three games, two and a half games, if you count the quarters that he was out, uh, and he's completing 75% of his passes. Yeah, very impressive. And Yassine's another kid that looks like he could step on a college football yeah. field right now. Uh, yeah, Most fundamentally sound, uh, technically sound wide receiver of the state of Michigan the last couple of years. I thought it was interesting that one of the things that, that Alex Bruno said after the, the first round of the playoffs was that he thought Abdur was playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because the local schools hadn't offered. Oh, yeah, and then that night he gets state. a state offer. But I don't know. I was talking to some people. I'm like, honestly, right now, I, I, if, I don't know if I would commit to state at this second. And there's too much uncertainty right, with that right, program absolutely. right now. Right. I, I would need to know a little bit more as the months go on about who's going to be coaching, who's going right. to be running the offense, and so forth. Right. Finally, our last uh, uh, Mr. Football candidate is Rashawn Williams from Detroit King. Uh, King tonight put up 49 on UD Jesuit. And uh, this is a, a, a UD team that came in, you know, uh, on kind of clicking on all cylinders. So uh, good, good on them. I'm, I'm not sure exactly on what Williams did tonight, but I'll tell you what, they're a freshman quarterback. Yeah is just Moore. playing better yep. and better and better every week. When a kid comes into high school sometimes with that kind of uh, uh, pre-billing, sometimes you worry about whether or not that's going to weigh on him, and it certainly doesn't look like it's weighed on Dante Moore For, at he, all. Here he had to replace a Mr. Football. Yeah. Yeah, you and, know. I, and, and I guess it's, it, it all depends on how much you pay attention. But DJ Moore relatively flew under the radar Compare if you compare it to the previous eighth grade phenom at the quarterback position, Sam Johnson, who ended up having a really good high school career. He's at Boston College right now. Um, he'll probably eventually play at Boston College under center. But he came in with, I mean, the hype that Johnson came in with doesn't. What's going What's going on with DJ Moore doesn't compare to that, and I think it's yeah. be, it's benefited DJ Moore. Yeah, he didn't. Sam Johnson walked into his first high school start as people saying he's the number one quarterback in the country as a freshman. Now DJ Moore has a Michigan offer, so obviously people are paying attention to him. But you know, I think it's been good for him that he didn't have all that hype, and he's been able to kind of slowly make a name for himself. And then over the next, depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks, but definitely the next three years, believe me, there'll be a lot of hype about DJ. Moore. And speaking of a lot of hype, especially at the beginning of the season, and we fell into it too, uh, was Penny Boone. Yep. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, these last several games, he is dominant. He's a workhorse. This is Penny Boone weather. Yeah. Yes. This is this is big big power back where you can make one cut and go and when you've got 240 pounds moving that fast it's it's hard to stop that and yes. and it was the same thing last year when they got to the, this point and they played Allen Park on a muddy track and it was you could see that he really he and and uh, the the entire offense was was kind of just keeping it on the ground but this is perfect weather for him and and the more they play in a game in games like this and in cold weather this is going to be perfect penny boom and the same thing uh, with Sam Johnson at South A&T and he, he actually had a really good freshman year i think he threw for you know almost 2000 yards and over 20 touchdowns King isn't saying to DJ Moore, you need to manage a game. King right. is giving him a full load, being like, we're going to drop you in the deep end of the ocean and you're going to swim. And yeah. he spreads it around. It's know, not like, what, you know, I'm, I'm another, I'm just throwing out this kind of randomly, but I remember Shane Morris uh, was a starter as a freshman at De La Salle, and he was really strictly a game manager. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. w- with, uh, I think, just like in the NFL where you see guys hit the ground running faster, it used to be like a, a rookie quarterback would have to kind of wait in the wings for a couple of years. I think it's it's kind of trickled down now where if, if they think you got, if, if they think you got the, the, the it factor, they don't care that you're 14 years old. They're going to they're gonna let, let it go. They're going to let it loose. We've got some state semifinal matchups that we do know of that uh, could be very intriguing and, and maybe hard to call. We've got Davison and Brighton. 
going to meet in the Division One state semifinals? That'll be an interesting one. It's. I think they both can do a multiplicity of things. I think Davison has proved over the last couple of weeks that they can run the ball very well, which is what they've been doing. And obviously Brighton can do both aspects of the game. That could be a higher scoring game than... than no, they both put up 35 yeah. tonight. Is, so. is Riddle healthy for Brighton? Cole Riddle, their linebacker? I thought he had some injury issues earlier in the I year. But yeah, he, play, he played last okay. week at least. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so Cole Riddle is a, is a real difference maker uh, you know, in the huddle, mm-hmm. uh, obviously sideline to sideline. and um, I, I like that kind of game-within-a-game matchup uh, between uh, Riddle and uh, Ed Sullivan uh, under center for Davidson. Detroit Dem- Demby still alive, <laughs> you know, yep. which is the really, Tars, baby. I mean, they put up forty tonight. Granted, uh, you know, I think Robichaud uh, maybe didn't play quite the competition. You know, maybe they, but they were there and they were Talking nine about and two. Value, I mean, yeah. uh, we said this last week too. Latrell Tompkins, you know, the impact he's made in the PSL this year. It, you know, it, it, it's it's. It, there's no one matches it. Nobody's yeah. been able to match it. Even DJ Moore, all due respect to DJ Moore in his first year in the PSL yeah, too. Yeah. But Latrell Tompkins came over from a charter school, Detroit Delta. Uh, you know, in the summer started to, there uh, was a buzz that started to build about him more so as a as a pass rusher. But he's doing it on the offensive uh, side of the ball as a tight end. He's stretching the field. You know, I, I don't know if we've seen a, a, a two way player like this. I mean, this is like he reminds me a little bit of Antonio Gates. Yeah, in terms of the uh, in terms of what you see um, with him on both sides of the ball, and uh, Tompkins is a force of nature and has really been the motor for this Denby team to, to be doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, and they'll take on uh, Lansing Catholic, a definitely battle tested uh, Lansing Catholic team. So uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. Pewamo Westphalia takes care of New Lothrop by a point, and now they get Jackson Lumen Christie. I think from a matchup perspective. This is as good as it gets right here. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I found it was interesting. I was trying to find scores as I was as our game was wrapping up and I was heading back and I just happened to see a tweet from Jack Sellen who's the the uh quarterback at Byron, uh, conference mate for New Lothrop and he said that's the best high school football game I've ever seen. Tonight's yeah, game. Yeah, tonight's game. Wow. Yeah. He was in the crowd tonight. Okay. So. Well, there you and, go. And it kind of was two billed as that. Teams. Yeah, it was. It was. Look at that two. Division Seven, though. Look what I uh, know. Schoolcraft Lumen was thirty-five thirty. Yeah, no, I know. Mm-hmm. It was a good game, and you've got uh, Traverse City, St. Francis, Iron Mountain, Amaron Mountain, unbeaten going in. Cass City only has a loss, and then Detroit Loyola, six and four. I saw them last week in the regional final. So uh, again, you know, because of you know a lot of some of the tougher teams that they have to play. They might be ready to make a run. Yeah, we'll I saw see. them last week. I was really impressed by their team. At least get to the finals. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. So some interesting games that uh, you know will be going on tomorrow, and obviously we'll have some good matchups. Okay, so uh, we are starting to wrap up tonight. What I want to do uh, first off is let us – anything you guys are working on in particular that you want to promote right now from the website? Uh, I'm going to turn something into Matt probably tomorrow that he'll probably post on Monday or Tuesday, I'm guessing, where I'm going to do a ranking of uh, – because it was signing day this week for basketball. I know we're looking ahead yep, a little yep, bit. Yep. But uh, – we have, you know, 
four guys that would be considered blue chippers, and then the rest are mid-major guys. So I'm going to do a top ten ranking of the top ten uh, mid-major signees okay. that uh, signed on Wednesday. We got a, a lot of uh, nice ones. Um, Tyson Acuff, last second, uh, signed with Duquesne, the point guard out of, out of Cass Tech. Uh, Bubba Humphrey over at Southfield Christian, signed mm-hmm. with Holy Cross. Uh, John Brantley over at Brother Rice, first Warrior basketball wow. player to sign a Division One yeah. uh, scholarship since 1992. Wow! Signed with Lafayette. Wow! If Cavante Martin Manley had not gone football, he oh would yeah, he could have. He could have. He was a Division One basketball recruit. Yeah, There's no yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. But so that's that's one thing I got up uh, uh, waiting for. Or not waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting to turn it into Matt. Um, and then we'll have that for you next week. And Scott week. has a lot of great content uh, regarding recruiting on our State Champs Indiana side of things. So if you're interested in just kind of hoops in general, uh, at, you know, at least right now, that's, that's kind of this the, week, the flavor. And then this week I also did something I thought got some decent hits was on uh, Pontiac Notre Dame Prep. Mm-hmm. And the year that they're having, and how they've, you know, there's so much excitement around that program, but nobody knows about it because they've kind of really just uh, gotten forgotten about it a little bit because they're not in a league anymore. They play this kind of hodgepodge schedule, so they're not really in anyone's coverage yeah. district. But they're having a very, very special season, and they got some very special playmakers. Uh, I've talked about them before, Jacob Benz. And Jacob they, Benson, their well, junior quarterback. Cor- just having wow. a hard time. Junior quarterback, uh, yeah. first year. They, they lost tonight. They lost. Oh, they tonight. lost. Yeah, tonight. they okay. lost. I jinxed 12, them. 12, yeah, you yeah. did. You oh, jinxed okay. them. Or, Twelve or, to nine. Or it was Twelve well to nine. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't yeah, see it. That was the game yeah. that Matt was at. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Jacob Benson, great year, junior yeah. uh, junior mm-hmm. quarterback. He'll be a guy to look for next season. Uh, I believe he was over thirty touchdowns and uh, over you know twenty five hundred yards. Uh, quickly, remember, check out State Champs. We'll have uh, Sunday at 9. We've got a ton of games. Uh, again, uh, throughout the website, throughout our Facebook, YouTube, we'll have uh, tons of matchups uh, from this regional weekend. So you'll be able to catch highlights of just a ton of games. So make sure you check that out and uh, check it out often. Please like and share uh, our content. If you'd subscribe to like our YouTube channel, that'd be really great. We're really trying to build up those subscriptions. Uh, and uh, and again, check out uh, our website website statechampsnetwork.com make sure you do your voting and make sure that uh, you also um, uh, take the time to um, you know check out our news check you know check out what matt and scott and everything are doing on there they got some good stuff so and we're starting to kind of move our way into uh, basketball season and and the other sports i I mean i don't want to pat us too hard on the back but in terms of recruiting I mean, you're not going to get the type of in-depth coverage on, in terms of football, basketball, softball, girls and boys basketball. You're not going to get that at any of the other outlets uh, around Michigan right now. Agreed. All right. We've got some comments of the week, and these are presented by the MHSA. I will do my best with the names. <laughs> All right. So from Facebook, Menser Clifton said, great games tonight. On YouTube, Kyle Schimmick said Titans beat Cast Tech 9-7, moving on to the semifinals against Davison. Go Titans, in all caps. Yeah. And Jeff Glenn said Davison looking yoked. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. from Twitter, Mark Barrett said, did I miss Alex Grignan? Grignan. Yes, yes. Greeno. Greeno. Greeno, all right. You know, Alex, Alex went a year with letting us say Grignan until he cor- I was like, you yeah. could have corrected me a lot sooner. You let me go a whole year calling you Grignan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. And uh, I do want to mention that uh, this is, uh, at least for a week, this is our final Friday night show. So we are going to put together a state semifinals preview that we will record early in the week. It will not be a live show. And uh, we'll probably premiere it either on Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, we'll talk about all 16 games, and we'll give you our predictions. And uh, we'll obviously know what took place this weekend, uh, being tomorrow. And uh, we can really kind of uh, break down what some of the matchups will be like. So no Friday night show next week. Uh, looks like I've got the okay for us to go to Ford Field on the first finals Friday. So what we'll do is we'll be all the way upstairs on the seventh floor, and uh, we'll do our live show from Ford Field most, on Friday night. Aren't most Final Four games on Saturday? Am I making that up in my head? Or is it, is it split? You're talking about the semifinals? Yeah, like they're for all next Saturday. Week. I was going to say, that's why we're not That's why. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. All right. Yes, yes. We're exactly. slow on the uptake. That's okay. <laughs> no worries. Yes. It all makes sense. Yeah, now. We, we would have nothing to talk right, about. That's what I You know, and there's no reason right. to come here at 10 right. o'clock at night if there's no games right, right. before. So, yes. So, uh, so again, no Friday night show. It will uh, we'll premiere our semifinal preview Wednesday or Thursday. You can check it out, uh, of course, on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy that. And we'll also remember state finals next weekend, so we'll have coverage of, of volleyball and girls swimming. We'll make sure that we uh, get our coverage for that as well as cover all the uh, state semifinals game. We just do so much here at State Champs. We just give and we give. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it's good se- karma. It's you put, you put good karma so out, you get that. good exactly. karma back. Yes, exactly. All right. For Jenna. For Matt, for Scott, I'm Lauren. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again, and we will talk to you guys next week. Good luck, guys.